Good day, everyone. Thank you so much for joining us today. I have John Regan, Head of Development Central Services at Advanced, with me to talk to you guys about CAGEN modernization, a big topic, especially of late. Um, John has over 25 years worth of experience in AppMod. He's been on the front lines with CAGEN projects as well as many others, has a lot of really great opinions and a lot of great experience that can help you guys figure out the right path for your very bespoke situation when it comes to mainframe modernization and good old CA Gen. So interestingly enough, um, recently we finished a survey of a bunch of global heads of IT and key stakeholders um, that we do every year. We call it the Mainframe Modernization Business Barometer Report. Nice short title, easy to remember. Uh, and, and a lot of the answers this year were really fascinating. 90% of companies that we surveyed, which is a representation of users of mainframes across the globe, reported that they started or finished a modernization project within the past three years. Sounds about right. But only 10% reported that they had ever done a modernization project that focused on mainframe workloads before that time. I found that super fascinating. The biggest problem that they all share although they come from different places, is finding the right IT talent in a shrinking talent pool of people. So as most of us that are sitting on this, this webinar know, uh, people that are capable of understanding, maintaining, and extending the mainframe and its applications and databases, et cetera, uh, are reaching retirement age. And they're, they're starting to retire, and so there is nobody coming to fill behind them. Universities aren't teaching procedural code bases or, uh, you know, application development environments like CHN to, to new entrants. New entrants aren't interested in this stuff. They're interested in, in modern development practices and paradigms. And when people talk about their concerns over finding the right talent, the majority of those companies actually are talking about their COBOL estates. So unsurprisingly, our respondents said COBOL is the most popular language that we use in our estate. When it comes to things like CAGN, which are far more obscure than COBOL, 25% of respondents said, hey, yeah, CAGN is our, is our most prominent uh, language slash development environment that we use. And, and the talent squeeze in within that subgroup of people was being felt substantially more. So we know based on the survey, based on the experience that we've had in the market, um, and, and you know, based on the stuff that John's going to talk about today, that, that getting away from CHN and into a modern environment, or at least away from, from the confines of it, is a, a really big priority for folks. Um, John, thank you for joining me. Um, First of all, tell us a little bit about yourself. What kind of experience do you have in legacy modernization and, you know, CAGN in particular? Okay. Yeah. Thanks, Rob. Um, so, yeah, as you said, I've got many years' experience in AppMod, really, um, having worked on uh, must be 30, 40 different app application modernization projects. Um, so a lot of those are CAGN, a lot of those were other technologies, a whole mix of technologies quite often. Um, so... 
yeah, I mean, yeah, I've got a lot of ex- I, I, over the years. I've seen it all, really. So, um, and I, from different levels as well. So, I've been te- a technical person, project management, um, you know, overall management of delivery, resources, all kinds of perspectives, you know. But there's a lot of commonality between all those projects. Everybody thinks they're unique, but there's a lot of commonality between the challenges that people face. That's very interesting, and and I definitely want to dig a little bit deeper into that in a couple of minutes. Um, When it comes to CAGEN, it is a very interesting beast. Um, This application development environment is uh, less of a language and more of a of an environment and there's some downstream impacts of the way that it operates that makes it uh, a special case when we're considering modernization. Can you talk a little bit about the characteristics that make CAGEN unique? Yeah, so CAGEN's a, a case tool. Um, so popular back in the back in the late 80s, early 90s. So computer-aided system, systems engineering. Um, so tools to help you write applications more quickly. So the idea was that business business users, believe it or not, could write applications um, because the code, the, the language was very simple, um, much, much, much more English-like than even COBOL, and that they would be able to produce, um, especially in the case of CAGEN uh, or IF, it was back then before it became CoolGen, and then became CAGEN, um, create business applications, client-server business applications. So applications with a fat, fat GUI client, um, so all the functionality you'd expect from a fat GUI client, you know, checkboxes, radio buttons, combo boxes, all that kind of stuff, um, running against data uh, on the mainframe. So that's really what the tool was, was you know, designed for, and it was a very popular thing. Lots of people used case tools to build some very major applications that run their businesses. You know, some people, you know, have used it for all of their applications uh, that runs their entire estate, you know. Um, so um, so it is unique because it's it's not just a mainframe thing. There's a whole, there's a whole client portion to it. Um, so it's not just, you know, purely a mainframe thing, but obviously it was all designed around using the mainframe as a server. Um, yeah, very interesting. And, and it, you know, once once the development process is completed, it actually generates COBOL that runs in the background, um, which is pretty interesting. Um, is there, you know, you talked a little bit about popularity in the 80s and 90s. Is there a demographic of companies that was drawn to adopt CAGEN that stands out off the top of your head? Um, it tends to be larger companies. So it tended yeah. not to be because it was quite an expensive tool to buy. Uh, and to license, and it was always been quite expensive to, to license. So um, that hasn't changed. So, you know, people, you know, it w- didn't tend to be small companies. So it tended to be where people were doing a big new development. They wanted, you know, a, a client server kind of system. They didn't want to get involved in the nuts and bolts of how the internals of that had to work and stuff. You know, some, they want this thing to do it for them. They wanted to do it with maybe some, some lower skilled, you know, not expert programmers, you know. So that's where, so those, and so a lot of companies bought it in that time and wrote big systems in it. Um, yeah. Makes sense. And, and, Although it's powerful, and I know we've we've touched on the the talent pool situation, can you provide a little bit more insight into why most folks are choosing to modernize at this stage when it comes to CAGEN? 
Yeah, two... Uh... It comes back to what you said earlier, Rob. So that the, I'd say the number one thing with CAGEN is the the shrinking pool of resources. Um, so over the years, as people have you know either either decommissioned the systems I wrote in CAGEN or migrated them away or written new for and gradually the the use of CAGEN has minimised across the whole market. So there are less less experts, and it's not something that people learn now. You know, so so the average age of a CAGEN developer is getting older and older. Um, and if you couple with that the cost of CAGEN itself, you know, obviously now that's Broadcom. Um, so Broadcom have taken over CAA and they're, you know, got a different, very different kind of licensing policy than CAA in the past, uh, which produces a much higher cost and the cost of the mainframe in general, then all of a sudden, you know, you've got a, a perfect storm of increased costs from the lack shrinking pool of developers and increased costs from the, the operating environment itself. Yeah, that's quite the combination. Um, when it comes to modernization discussions, you know, I know a few years back, uh, conversations were very different. We would step into a prospect and, and, they would be looking for a lot of guidance as to what to do from a target environment and process perspective. And it seems, broadly speaking, as though uh, folks know a lot more about what they want to get from their modernizations today than they did in the past. Um, when you sit down with, with folks who have CHN and you're having these discovery discussions to tr try and figure out kind of what they're looking at, do you find that they typically know how they want to get from point A to point B? Um, or are they looking for insight into that? You know, what kind of questions do they have? Where are the, the blank spots, I guess? Um, well, the... It's interesting, actually, because because CHN generates COBOL on the mainframe, people think that maybe it's a good idea to move to a COBOL-based solution. Um, but the CHN language itself is 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 not really very COBOL-orientated, which is why if you ever look at some CHN-generated COBOL, it's, it's horrible. You know, there's there's 15 to 20 lines for every line of CHN uh, in, the, in the generated program. Um, so actually, it fits much better uh, into a Java or C sharp kind of paradigm. That's what you get. Uh, you get much cleaner code. It looks much more like the original CAGN. It behaves better. It performs better. Um, so uh, that's something that I think we need to. That, that's something that people don't necessarily grasp. First of all, because they, they feel like it's a mainframe thing. They feel like maybe COBOL is you know um, the way to go. The other problem as well with thinking to go to COBOL is of course. There's not a lot of resources for that either. So whereas if you go to Java or C Sharp, you're you're in a, you're in a much better place. Um, obviously, on the data side, it's much better because um, CAGN customers generally are already in a relational database. You know, they've already got their data in DB2, so it's much easier to migrate that data to Azure SQL or um, you know uh, Oracle or SQL Server or DB2 even off the mainframe. Um, so people. People have some ideas, but quite often we have some discussions about how to how to move forwards because you know if they want to keep their keep a decent level of of maintainability of the applications because typically these things are not applications that are going to retire anytime soon. They're applications that they rely on to run their business that are going to be around for another 15, 20 years. So they're going to need to maintain them. Then it's a much much better prospect to move to a to a Java or C sharp type environment. Yeah. That makes perfect sense. Thanks. And and is there, and this is a difficult question, I understand, but is there, do you feel like there's a common shared concern among folks that are looking to modernize? Is there a, a, a challenge or a, a gotcha situation that 
you know, raises the cackles and needs to be addressed early when it, it behind the scenes. <laughs> yeah, I mean, for any company embarking on a modernization, it's it quite often a trip into the unknown because yeah. they're used to doing IT projects all the time. But those IT projects are to affect change. So they're to make an application do something it didn't already do or build a new application or whatever. You know, when you embark on a modernization project, it's almost the exact opposite. You're trying to make the migrated application do exactly the same as the old one. So it's it's a different paradigm in terms of testing, in terms of thinking about it, in terms of behaviors. And it's not something that most a lot of places have, have done you know, on right. a big scale before, you know, certainly on the mainframe side, as you said earlier. Um, so that is the, the biggest, scariest thing, I think, for people is how to do that. Um, I would say the second one is the knowledge, because obviously, whilst there aren't many CAGN developers, they typically tend to be experts in the business uh, that the, the application serves um, just because of the years of experience. Um, and that's a worry because obviously if you move to say Java or C Sharp, then how are you going to maintain that experience? But um, we found actually that what really works well for the customers after a migration is a blended team. So yeah. a team of original CAGen developers who learn Java or C Sharp so that they can understand the, the, the source uh, and working alongside new people who didn't know anything about CAGen ever and who, but know a lot about C Sharp or Java. And then they those teams tend to work really well together and really productively. Yeah, and it's interesting because survey respondents from the the survey that I was talking about that we conducted earlier said exactly the same thing, that the most successful post-modernization strategy that they had was blending the team to make sure that, you know, everybody could contribute. And it was it was good for the existing resources and it was really good for the new new folks on the team as well. This episode is brought to you by Advanced, a leading provider of application modernization services with unique expertise in the mainframe modernization market. Find out more at oneadvance.com forward slash mainframe. Um, when it comes to, to actually modernizing CHN, in your opinion, um, what are the most viable options? You talked about Java and C Sharp and object orientation based on, you know, the application development system. Can you dig into that a little bit deeper? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, I think the, 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 the beauty of the Java and C Sharp is that you can build from the CAGen encyclopedia itself, what we've effectively got is a, gener is a generator that generates main maintainable, performant, readable Java and C Sharp. Um, so we don't, deal with the generated code, we're looking back at the, the, the encyclopedia itself, so the original definitions of the application, uh, which produces much cleaner, much more readable, much uh, more easy to understand code. Um, but it's not just all about the CAGen. So, so a CAGen application always has external action blocks to do stuff that you can't do in CAGen, uh, which is quite a lot of things. Um, so you need a strategy for handling those two. Um, so we've got a good strategy for migrating those to Java or C Sharp and fully integrated with the, with the CAGen approach. And then if there's batch, which there nearly always is, um, then we've got uh, uh, some solutions for the JCL to handle that side of the house too. Um, so it's very, it all needs to join up. It's no good just thinking about these things in isolation. You need a strategy that takes care of all of the parts um, that you, you need to take on. Yeah, and, and I think that's also where having a trusted partner, whether that's internal or external, who has been through 
a modernization process like this before who has experience and expertise in the area because there are tendrils all over the place that you don't consider until you get into the weeds and and it can become a lot bigger of a beast than you thought without the right without the right steady hand behind the process um on that note a lot of people who are attending today's session are considering legacy modernization for the very first time uh, as somebody who's been through this on the battlefield quite a few times you don't flinch when the bombs drop what advice could you give uh regarding vendor selection for CAGN modernization um and just kind of generally for folks yeah i think it's i think it's really important to pick a vendor who's going to work well with your your culture and the way that you you operate um so different different companies have, have quite different ideas about how they want to do IT projects and how they want to work. So you need to pick someone who's going to be, who's going to, who's going to fit in to that kind of approach. Yeah. Um, you need to think carefully about how, how the, the parts of the project that are not done by a migration technology vendor are going to be done. So for example, someone needs to test the converted system to make sure it's good. Are you going to do that? Are you going to get a systems integrator involved to do that? You know, obviously, there's a lot of cost involved in maybe getting a systems integrator involved. So um, quite often it can work out cheaper to go direct, but then the systems integrator can pick up a lot of other, you know, maybe integration work around the project and, you know, help out with that. So that's a big, a big decision to make um, and a big, big financial and, and responsibility kind of decision uh, that people need to think about. Um, but then it's really about proven track record. So yeah. you need to understand, you know, where, you know, what, what type of projects people have done in the past, what's worked, what's been successful. Ask to talk to some of the, the you know, at least one of their previous customers to get an, a feeling for not only how the migration went, but how it is after the migration, because both of those things yep. are important. It's not just about the journey, it's about the end destination too. Um, so that's that would be my key advice, really. Get to talk to some people, because they've been through what you're thinking of going through. So so, so they, they can probably give you some quite good advice in general, not just about one vendor. Maybe they can give you some overall, uh, you know, their experience of, of the, the selection, how they decided who to choose, how, and then how it went, and what what was what was good and what was bad you know um yeah that's great advice and and it's it's very easy to simplify the process in slideware but in the end it really is a journey and who you go on that journey with is a huge deal um okay so i'm going to put you on the spot a little bit if you're a a chn user and you're looking to modernize what is the one question that you would absolutely need to ask to any vendor that you're that you're trying to qualify. Um, how do you produce some modern code from from the from the my CAGN application? Because if they don't say they make it out of the encyclopedia, you're not going to end up with very good code. It's got to come from the original definitions that the 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 definitions that your developers made to of the application. If it's coming from some generated stuff that CAGN have generated, that's not going to be good. That is excellent advice. Um, a little further on that, the the we we discussed the journey. Can you give us? And I know it's it's somewhat different for everyone, but you mentioned that there's always connected tissues between projects. Um, can you talk a little bit about a day in the life? What does the modernization experience look like, at least from advanced perspective? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. This is uh, this is a good one, Rob. So. Um, 
So going on a modernisation journey isn't something that happens to you. It's not like someone turns up and they just do stuff, you don't do anything, and then it's all done. That isn't how it rolls. I consider it more like going on a plane journey. So, you know, the modernisation vendor, someone like us, they're laying on the plane, yeah? But that's not you're not going to you're not going to have a lot of success if you're relying on them for everything you've got to find the airport you've got to check your bag in you've got to find the you know you've got to find the gate you know no there's no one to help you do any of that stuff you've got to get on the right airplane and then when you get on the plane people ask you questions chicken or fish what drink what would you like to drink you know they ask you questions and you need to answer you know because those answers are going to be important and they're going to make a difference to the project so it's something it's, it's more like that it's a it's a collaborative uh, event you know it's not something that happens to you it's something that happens along you know with your cooperation and your input um so that's if people think somehow it's all going to just be, you know, they're going to, you know, they're going to wave a wall, you know, like getting your kitchen done or something. You're just going to get some guy in and he's just going to do it all and go away again. I mean, even that's not like that. You know, they're going to ask you what dishwasher you want and what fridge you want and all that. It's, you know, there's decisions to be made and there's discussions to be had. Um, that and is that's, very that's good how it insight. Is. Yeah. Yeah, that's very good insight because that can be lost sometimes in you know, reading collateral and, and trying to get a high level picture of things. So that's, that's awesome. And then after the project is complete, uh, what can people expect or generally, of course? Well, it's quite interesting actually, because obviously generally when a project's over, we're done, you know, so, uh, you know, we don't, always really know what happens but i've made over the years i've made quite a big attempt to keep in touch with some of our ex-customers just to see how they get on really yeah um and yeah it's kind of interesting actually um so uh, just talking about one particular bunch of guys i'm, I'm just picking from a because they're a CIGEN customer um so um They've, they, they were actually quite concerned about performance before they went live. Um, and there was a whole big effort made on checking on performance and stuff. But actually, the new modern environment in production, everything goes much quicker. Everything goes quicker. Yeah. So, so the performance is not an issue at all. And the most interesting thing that they found is they used to get on the mainframe they used to get random crashes you know every night something would crash and would need to be fixed and they never really got to the bottom of what it was and you know this this would just happen someone had to be on call they had to fix it in the middle of the night yeah. nothing goes wrong anymore ah. in the modern environment yeah and and that's because the act of modernization has caused some of the underlying things that the mainframe lets you get away with and lets you do which it just does its best to carry on that those th sort of things have to be faced and dealt with so they've actually found that they don't really get called in the night anymore at all that just works uh, and they've actually found that the support of the system is now much better they can get in much cheaper resources to supplement the team and to work with the original CAGN developers who have actually enjoyed the experience of learning they went to java yeah so they've actually enjoyed the experience of learning the java they've they you know they feel like they're as productive as they were in ca gen because one of the big things about ca gen is it's a very productive environment for developing apps right. um now they've got to grips with eclipse and you know the java world and some of the debugging tools and stuff that's available which is a lot better than they ever had in ca gen they suddenly feel like they're equally as productive um and you know so that was, you know, that's the main thing afterwards. They've actually got to a, 
they've actually got where they wanted to go. They had a high expectations of the of the end result. Um, and what's really interesting about this customer is the, the guy I talk to now, he wasn't involved in the project. Yeah, He was the guy who kept the lights on with the system while the project was going on. So he kind of inherited the results of the project. So as you can imagine, he was uh, he was scared about yeah. what he was going to get. You know, he was like, oh, my God, what have these people done? But he's, uh, he, he, you know, he was actually he's surprised how good it's been. You know? That's awesome. So, so yeah that's so that's awesome. not, that's not that's not untypical you know right that's, yeah of course uh, and that's yeah. what you know that's what you want to shoot for for sure yeah. um I, I know we're we're getting to the end of our time here is, is there anything that 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 we haven't covered today that you think uh we should mention for the folks on the call before we yeah. take a look at questions yeah i'd say one of the key one of the key things for people to think about is the scope of what they're asking to migrate because whenever you talk to someone like us, a, 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 you know, a migration vendor, they're going to give you a price based on how much stuff you've got. So if you go and tell them you've got a whole bunch of stuff and actually a lot of that stuff you don't need to migrate and you could have got rid of, then you want to have a think about doing that first. Um, so exactly like when the removal men come to your house and you say, I want to move, I'm moving next week, next month, you know, can you give me a price to move all my stuff? And they look around your house and it's absolutely full of stuff. They're going to give you a much higher price than if you've tied it up first and got rid of the rubbish, you know? So exactly the same thing. You know, you want to think about what you've got and we can help people tidy up. You know, we do separate you know, um, separate a activities where they yep. just want to tidy up. They don't actually want to modernize yet, but they feel like they might later or whatever. They just want to tidy up their house, basically. Um, so we do, uh, you know, assessment type activities to help people do that. But that's a key thing that I think people don't. They, they Once they get into it a bit, they wish they'd tidied up. A bit like, you know, when you move to your new house and all your rubbish turns up, you wish you chucked <laughs> it away before you moved. I hadn't paid to move a load of old rubbish that now you're going to chuck away. Exactly the same sort of scenario. You know, it's much better to tidy up before you move if you can. That's fantastic advice. And and it's funny because, I, you know, I, I look at this data. Um, it, it has always shocked me how, how much footprint reduction comes from these assessment activities. Uh, there really is a lot of... Uh, you know, technical debt and, and rubbish in so, the attic, yeah. as you said. <laughs> no one ever deletes anything, Rob. So, right. so, so, so if someone had a program to fix a problem, you know, in production that ran once 10 years ago, it's still there. No one would have deleted that program because, one, people are scared that they might delete the wrong thing, and two, who knows? Maybe in another 10 years, we'll need it again. So, right. so, so no one ever gets rid of anything. So there's a whole bunch of stuff out there that people – you know, when they initially count how much stuff they've got, will think, you know, that's part of the scope. But actually, when they think about it, they don't want to migrate that thing. They don't want to try and test it. They don't want to have it. You know, it was a one-off. It's not going to, never going to be used again. Or it's been made redundant by some new functionality that's been built. You know. Yep. Yeah. Makes perfect sense. Cool. Well, thank you so much for your time. Um, we do have a couple of questions in here. A lot of this stuff, and um, I've been reading through the chat. Uh, a lot of this is stuff that we covered further down the line. Oh, um, but cool. the one the one that sticks out to me is data. Can you talk a little bit about how we handle data or how I guess you suggest data is handled? I know you mentioned that DB2 tends to almost exclusively be um, th the home of data that's paired with CAGN. How's yes. that usually worked through? Well, a lot of people already 
replicate their data to something else. A lot of CIGEN customers already have a data warehouse in Oracle or a school server or something where they replicate the CIGEN data, the data that's in the CIGEN apps in DB2. So, you know, what's wrong with that? You know, just just expand that out to, to cover the whole scope of all the data and, you know, you're in business. I mean, in terms of migrating that data, because it's relational to relational, it's in general fairly straightforward. There are subtle differences between all of the data, all of the relational databases. Some, some, some not so subtle. Some that can cause some quite major, major issues. Um, so we're experiencing all those. You know, we've migrated people from DB2 to Oracle, DB2 to SQL Server, or Azure SQL. Um, so, but in general, the the, the database vendors. You know, the new database vendors generally have tools to help with that process. So we would we would try and use their tools as much as possible to do that work because why not? You know, they're they're built for that job. You know, um, amen. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So so that's um so that that's that would be my advice on on the data side. Um, obviously you've got files as well. You know, in batch and stuff. We've got we've got some tools to migrate files because obviously if they contain a mixture of ASCII and a, mi a mixture of uh, text and decimal and binary data, um, then they'll need to they need some special handling. But yeah, we've got some tools to help with that sort of thing. Awesome. Thank you. That's that's fantastic. Um, I, I think that that wraps it up for us. Like I said, I know we, we're hitting the edge of our time. I'd like to thank everybody for joining us today. Um, this was a really insightful conversation. John, thank you for your time again. If you'd like to know a little bit more about how advanced modernizes CAGEN, check out modernsystems.advanced.com. Pardon me, modernsystems.oneadvanced.com. And there's lots of data there for you, and we're happy to jump on a call and have a conversation with you about your specific situation. Thanks so much, everyone. Thanks, John. Thanks, guys. Cheers. Cheers.